This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. You're listening to The Blitz, 1170. Streaming live at theblitztulsa.com and on the Blitz 1170 app. Ah, yes, the great wisdom of the tribe. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Welcome back in here on the Blitz 1170. It's 137. Let's set up the hotline and welcome in... A uh, gentleman, you might know him as a uh, former player at Oklahoma State University, also a uh, former Bill, former New York Jets. He is Kenyatta Wright, joining us now here on the Blitz 1170, also with uh, Pokes for Purpose. What's up, Kenyatta? How are you doing today, man? Hey, what's going on, Pop? How are you? I'm well today, man. I'm doing well. Thank you on short notice for jumping on. Uh, I saw you retweet Derek Mason's uh, post about today, so I thought I'd reach out to you and just get some of your thoughts about not only the off season. We can get to what what's happened there previously because I've listened to a couple of your segments on Twitter Spaces over a variety of different things. Uh, but you had a nice post there for for Derek Mason, and uh, I don't know how you sum this up other than maybe a guy that you take him at his word. Right? It's been thirty years. You know how the how some of those guys redline it, Kenyatta, day in day out. It's amazing that they don't have more health problems sometimes from what they do, even mental health problems. But a guy that's been doing it for thirty years. Uh, taking a few moments to take a step aside and say, hey, I'm going to spend some time with the family. It's not like he's not going to have any more options. That dude's going to have options from here until the end of time. Um, but it's uh, it doesn't make it any more easier, at least for the Cowboy football program right now, having to find another D.C. It doesn't at all, Pop. And I, I kind of – you hate it, but, man, you get it also because this game, I mean, it's not – we all know football is not for the faint at heart. And college, and college coaching and coaching in general – uh, right now in the landscape of college football, it's tough. But at the same time, um, Derek personally, and I don't, I don't, won't go into detail or any of that type of stuff. But man, sometimes coaches have to st- take a step back in their life to really value the things that they miss, and so, and that's family. And I feel like this point, you know, I think he'll he'll coach again. I just I believe that in my heart, just because the fire and the desire that he has as a coach. Um, I like that about him, and, you know, we got to have a lot of talks about not only scheme, but just like players and um, what players, how players are today compared to, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, and what really motivates them. And those are some of the things that he kind of laid out a game plan that he was hoping to get to, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. that's why I was excited about it. And we all look at, well, they're 73rd in the country or whatever it may be on defense and all this type of thing. But – the, it takes time, and and we get it, and we understand that. Uh, but I hate for I hate to see that he goes, but I I respect him, and I'm glad that uh, he's able to do that. But then I I know from the other side of things that you know a lot of times, man, those guys like him, I mean, they wind back up. Well, I put it on there, they wind back up in the NFL. Same way with like my coach, Coach Ryan. I mean, that's why he's never really came back to college, yeah. uh, Rob. But, you know, I mean, he's a great coach. And it's just a matter of where they're at in their life and in their 
uh, with their family and what they want to do. But, I mean, we'll see them coach again. But I'll, I'll respect them for doing it now and not trying to get through spring ball and all those type of things. And, obviously, the contract is ending and not having to put Oklahoma State on the hook whenever his heart is really with his family. Sometimes you just need a reset, right? Sometimes you got oh, yeah. you got to take a step back. Uh, and I, you know, I use redlining as an example. You know, the the engine can only burn hot for so long before oh, yeah. before it needs a little bit of a rest. And you brought up something in terms of the family, and it reminds me a lot of what uh, the excerpts of Jimmy Johnson's new book that came out, where he was talking about the overall regret that he had was burning it. Uh, to a point where he virtually kind of gave up on some of his relationships with his family and with his kids, and his kids went through some hard times, and he said, you know, if I had to go back and change it, I, and I look back, and I, he goes, I kind of laugh at myself at just how ridiculous that I was, uh, but that's what I knew was needed for us to win and to win at a high right, level. Right. A lot of these guys, and you've been around even players that have dedicated their lives to this, and then they get home and they're like, man, I missed a lot. And and there's a deep regret that is there with some of that. Yeah, and and I have talked to a lot of Hall of Fame coaches just over time and in my career, and, um, and even I got to interview some just from the aspect of the game and – a lot of them, some of those things that I, one of the statements that I heard and I went back and told my wife was like, the coach said, he said, go home. Like, you know, he was spending so much time yeah. in there. It's like, there's only so many times um, you can watch a certain play and that, and that go home, it was, it, it's really telling for a lot of coaches. And, and I don't want to, you know, you know, downplay their jobs or anything, but how many different ways can you run a power play, Pop? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right, you're yeah. Stop it or you're not. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so that's why whenever I looked at college coaching, and I actually went down to LSU and Les was there and thought I wanted to be a college coach, and you sit in a room, and you just, I'm just out of the NFL, and we're sitting there watching a play for like six hours. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you got three first-round draft picks. That means something. These mm-hmm. dudes are going to the NFL next year where I just came from. Let them do – turn them loose, you know. But we get so caught up in the details a lot of times and don't really understand that the game is still a game and let these guys perform and let them – and that's the thing that Coach Mason talked about. He wants to turn the innate ability to dominate inside his players. And I was like, man, that's, that's huge. But how do you get there? There's so much you got to weed through in a player's mind and scheme and developing that sometimes the player never gets there, and then it all falls back on who the coach. And that's the that's the downside that I think that college football or any 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 game or any any sport presents. I mean that ownership of dominating your position it's real, and you that's why you're seventy third or that's why you're number one. And some of that's talent and some of that scheme. I mean all that all that type of stuff goes into you know, being a great team or a great defense. And, and those are the conversations that I'll miss most with having Derek Wright in Stillwater, you know. Is there more to weed through now than there ever has been before with younger athletes? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to weed through. And and just the perception, you know what I mean? It's not so much of the, of the experience of the athlete nowadays. It's more about the perception of what, the experience should be and so I feel like that crowds the the minds of a lot of athletes and a lot of athletes that I talk to is kind of like you kind of share that with them that their coach may be telling them telling them that but when you tell them as a player to player like this is what you're dealing with 
they, the light comes on a little bit. And then, like, your coach has probably been telling you that for a year and you still didn't recognize it, you know. And so there's so much out there nowadays with these athletes, and I feel like we got to get back to the basics. we got to simplify everything. You almost got to simplify life for them and not, you know, because we deal with them with the NIL stuff and all those type of things that come in that we're trying to compete on the level of, all these other NIL collectives, and that competition side is what fires me up. But at the end of the day, it goes back to do you know how to tackle? Do you know what your alignment is? Do you mm-hmm. know what your assignment is? Nobody cares about that whenever you're talking about winning football games. You know, it ain't about NIL. It's about alignment and assignment and attacking the football. And that's what I tell these defensive guys. Quit worrying about it. If you're good enough, it'll come to you. Mm-hmm. And I know we have to compete, but at the end of the day, you increase your – uh, you increase your name, your image, and your likeness by your performance. And I said, if you ever get a chance to get an NFL, you'll really, really understand that. The thing that stands out in some conversations that I've had, just from the just from the Tulsa staff perspective, right, with Coach Bill Young and now with Coach with Coach Gillespie and with the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And Coach Gillespie, I remember one of the last things that we talked about. He was like, you know, um, it's to the point now where. Um, you almost they want to know why now more than ever before, and you have to mm-hmm. once they understand the why, he's like that's when you get him. And he goes, as coaches, sometimes we have to retrain ourselves with understanding that they want to know why. It's just not we're past the point of we just tell them and they just do it. They they want to know mm-hmm. the specific reasons and what what are the positives of them actually understanding the why. Do you kind of get that sense as well with some of the coaches that you talk to now? Oh, yeah, and, and I coach, you know, I know it's at a different level, but the same kids that are playing in high school play in college, you know what I mean? So I got those – you get those same questions. And, I, I mean, I used to be like, you know, my coach used to be like, don't ask me why, you do it because I tell you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and I kind of had that mentality early on in my mindset because I was like, I know more than you, that's why, you know what I mean? That's kind of how you – feel sometimes whenever they question but no I think a lot of these players these days really want to understand the bigger picture of their role so if that's not communicated on a not only a daily basis but the bigger plan and the bigger dream if that's not communicated then I feel like you don't get the most out of your players so for me as a coach when I was I mean I I always explain to them, like, here's our scheme, but here's the picture of why. Here's how this is your role. This is how you fit in us being the most dominant defense of all time. And, you know, that's kind, of, that's kind of the motivation. And once I think players get that and they understand that why that you talked about uh, their role and their game, it, it accelerates. And I feel like that's what most of the players want. They don't want the old school, here's the scheme, this is what you're supposed to do, better get an A-gap, all that type of stuff, because at the end of the day, they really want to know the purpose. And it goes back to them and their experience as a football player. And it's totally opposite now. I mean, I back, you know, when I play, I didn't care about, you know, it's not really the experience. I just wanted to hurt a running back. <laughs> and how do I do that at the best, you know? And Coach Ryan was good about, you know, <clears throat> taking us from point A to point B, based off of scheme, and it was one of the toughest schemes I've ever been involved in, college, pro, whatever you want to call it, some of the toughest schemes I ever even looked at. And so how did they motivate them to that why is where I feel like a lot of coaches have to get back to. 
Uh, the pride of Vianne is on with us, Kenyatta Wright. So how many times over the last couple of weeks have you been asked this question? Dude, what's going on in Stillwater <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with, with the play? I, I can only imagine, man. Like I, like I said, I've listened to some of your Twitter spaces stuff on there. So when someone asks mm-hmm. you that question in a very basic manner, what's kind of your first response and, and how do you surmise everything that you've seen over the past couple of weeks? Well, I'm, 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 I'm always honest. And I feel like, like, like you said earlier in your question, like players want to know why. You know what I mean? I think a lot of players and coaches don't communicate about things that they both want to know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it causes this kind of confusion in the room. It causes this perception that may not even really be reality, and, but that's just how they feel. And this is what um, our culture is saying, that it's not okay to feel like or it's not okay to go through, and they never talk about it. And then you get to a point to where you lose five straight games and then the whole world sucks. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everything's bad. So then it kind of elevates the problems. It elevates what's really going on in a, in a team meeting room or team, uh, team room. And it gets out of control. And then you get players that just really feel like, man, I'm done. I'm told, I'll check out. They check out. They need a reset like you talk about. They check out. And I feel like – that's where Oklahoma State got, and it was really a number of personal things for some players, and some players just wanted a different opportunity. And I, I think that it's, uh, both sides got to get better in that, um, in communicating and understanding and defining what their role is. I mean, everybody has to do that. And I think that's what coaches do a good job at in the off season. Now, if it doesn't happen, guess what? We'll have a repeat. Mm-hmm. And that's what my honest – my honest evaluation of the whole thing from people I've talked to, things that I've heard, and uh, things that are now becoming a reality. You know, what's funny about all of this is that in many ways, the, the answer is often the simplest answer, and, it, and it's communication. And isn't, oh, it, it, and isn't it funny how it's not just the football field, it's not, it's not even the locker room, it's not even in the meeting room, it's your day-to-day interaction with your wife, it's your day-to-day interaction uh-huh. with your coworkers, it's your day-to-day interaction with everyone. Communication breakdowns lead to problems and it leads to resentment. And, and, and it right. even happens in a business setting. Can, can, we're, we're in the communications business, and I've said this on record for the 20-plus years I've been doing this. Uh, we're the worst at communicating with each other in the communications business, for crying out loud, within the yeah. office. It's it's wild, but it's it sounds very basic, and we know that we need to, but, man, when it doesn't happen, it can lead to some massive, massive problems. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, what even elevated it and escalated it is the portal. The portal, if, there, if it had guidelines, and I basically said, okay, my biggest gripe about the portal, I really feel like kids, if there's if there's harm going on, if there's big issues, if a kid is just so homesick that it's causing mental issues or mental uh, instability in his life and he needs a different uh, area, whatever it may be, I think those are justifiable reasons to transfer. But just because you get mad at your coach and you can't work it out and you're a freshman, 
you don't you shouldn't be able to transfer. If you're a junior, I think, okay, we'll let the guy go. He only got a little bit of time left. But I think there needs to be some parameters around it because now we're just making everybody like quail. I mean, I, I quail hunt. I love birds. It's fight or flight, right? Yep. You know, I mean, yeah, and if a bobcat gets you, he's faster, that, it's going to get the bird. So we're teaching these kids to just try to fly out of the county. Or fly out of the out of the out of, and and I think that's wrong to an extent. And I I'm and I'm and I've had two kids that use the portal. Yeah, you know what I mean. But their situations are different, and and I I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that if we have to put some type of guideline, and I hope that uh, our coaches, which they are doing, because I've seen some of the things that they're going to do with their players, that they kind of get so much into the grind that they forget that these players are different and they need to work on certain things, they evaluate that and they get better at it. And I've already seen it firsthand of what they're doing to this spring to try to help where you have better team cohesion. And I think that's a lot of it. And all of that pop comes from communication. They could also, like, the sport itself could help itself. Maybe with what you were talking about with guidelines. We, we've been talking about this for the last month or so. But they have got to figure out the, the schedule, right? The calendar has to change. You cannot pack the early signing day portal uh, prepping for bowl games or conference championship games, and now we're a year away from from introducing even more college football playoff games. Like more it's games, it, it, more games. Finals. It's too much at one time, and you're starting to see. Like I think the portal's a prime example of that. Instead of talking to the people in that in that family environment that is the program, that is the team, that is the locker room, a lot of these kids are 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 talking to people from the outside and taking advice and then just going ahead and making a decision. Now ultimately they have to live with that decision, but they it's almost like you need more time for those that are in the program to focus on the guys that are actually in their program that they spend all this effort to keep and to bring in to actually keep them there but with open and honest conversations there's just too much that happens at the end of the year in my opinion oh yeah i i totally agree with that and there's too much there's too many people involved in all levels of sport i'm telling you the one of the biggest uh, influences is social media on the athletes and the mental approach to even to, for them to even perform. They look for validation. And I said, you know, and that's why I was like, those type of things come into play in these young athletes' lives that they don't know how to compartmentalize and they focus on it. And they start hearing the crowd. They start hearing the noise. They start hearing all these bad things that is going on about the university. And a lot of them don't even want to be a part of it once they start hearing it because the perception is always worse, right, mm -hmm. on social media. Just like, you know, people make themselves look better. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. And But if you have good communication, you have clarity of role, and if they understand their value in the whole organization, then I feel like you don't have a lot of these problems. And you don't have to have a fire sale at the end of the year trying to keep everybody. You know what I mean? I know yeah. that some guys going to get in the portal, but, man, the family has to get a little tighter. And that's the things that we're talking about, even the former alumni. We're forming groups to kind of help offset some of this stuff to kind of teach the players, like, man, let's get through it. Like, you got people here to support you. Use the people that want to support you more than the people that you're just listening to because you want a way out, yeah. you know? And, and start opening up and talking because that's the one thing I I really, really wish I would have did a better job as because, I mean, I hated my time 
with a certain person at Oklahoma State. But you know what? I love my teammates, and mm-hmm. I love playing football. And I could have easily transferred, but my coach, my position coach, was a great coach, and I was not. I didn't want to let him down. And I told, I tell players that all the time. It could have been easy for me, but I'm thankful that I stayed and worked through the problems. There's no doubt. There's there's so much truth in that and what you just said. Um, final one before I let you run because we're up against it here on the clock is this: um, everything that's happened right this year and i'm mainly speaking of up in buffalo for a moment if you allow me to shift gears here for a moment um mm-hmm. there's so much emotionally that that has happened um i don't know whether you're a believer in team of destinies or not uh they've been on this on the preface now for 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 several years of being able to break through um do you get the sense that this is the year for the bills that they can finally find a way to break through man i think it is and i hope just out of what all has went on, it's kind of like you need a setback to get to get your mind focused on the true, true task at hand, and now you're not playing for yourself. You're playing for somebody else. I think all of that stuff comes into play, and I'm rooting for the Bills to be the most dominant uh, team in the playoffs, and I, I think we'll see a different type of team this year. Great stuff, Kenyatta. I appreciate you, man. Last minute's notice uh, for jumping on with us here this afternoon. Uh, Always the best to you, man. We'll be in touch uh, here very soon. And, uh, again, man, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Call me anytime. I appreciate you, Pop. Appreciate you. That's uh, Kenyatta Wright joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Absolutely love that dude. Been doing this type of uh, radio for uh, quite some time now, has Kenyatta. Yeah, it's really good, too. We do need to take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll talk with uh, Josh McQuishan from Sooner Scoop. I'm, it's, it's, and I can sit here, Matt, and going back over something that Kenyatta said, and I can pretend that I'm the best at this or that, Quite frankly, I'm one, I'm one of the worst at communication. Like, I, I just am. And it's something that I battle with each and every single day. And I find myself in that position just like everyone else, which is it is it is still a struggle for me, and I know I need to be better at it. I know. So it's easy to fall into those traps. found that really interesting, though, that that's how at least Kenyatta kind of summarizes everything that's happened. And, boy, after you hear that, and then you start to go through some of the things that we've read and some of the things that you heard. Boy, it starts to make a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense indeed. The darts on our, our little tracking thing with all the red <laughs> tape and lines, they're all starting to come There's together. No doubt. No doubt at all. All right, time out here on the Blitz 1170. When we come back, Josh McQuistian from Sooner Scoop will join us. The Mike Boynton Show comes up tonight at 6 here on the Blitz 1170. And tomorrow night, Michigan State at Illinois. We will be back after this. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.